Adios, Nachos, amigos. Welcome to another fine episode of the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast here with you today. I am Petey Rave, your man with no plan. Here with me, as always, is none other than David Jeffrey Majors, a.k.a. DJM. How you do, DJM? Tag your it, everybody. Hello, Petey Rave. We're doing the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast live Gaiden style, except this is an actual canon episode this week, ain't it? Mm-hmm. And we're talking about uh, something exciting, something, I guess, a little taste of our future plans with the uh, the awesome series that you're going to provide us uh, in the not-too-distant future. Uh, we're going to visit a de- decidedly, certifiably awesome promotion by the name of Dragon Gate uh, with their event Final Gate 2013. Indeed, we are PD Rave. Now... In the past, on previous episodes of Fanny Pack, we have talked about Dragon Gate USA, the the stable of the Sapolsky-verse. I have said that uh, on previous episodes, we needed to explore the home promotion, uh, Dragon Gate Prime, as I like to call it. And so today, here we are. We are talking about the final gate pay-per-view event from Dragon Gate, their last event of 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, with us, we have a couple of guests, a couple of really cool people. Uh, first of all, we have, uh, our returning champion, one of our favorite people to have on the show, our kind of our, our Martin Short, if you will, because he's always there in a pinch. Uh, none other than Jerry Vin, aka JBZ. How you doing, JBZ? I'm doing well, Petey. Glad to be on again. Mm-hmm. And who else do we have, DJM? Well, we have the young lady by way of the great white north of Wisconsin, now by way of Austin, Texas, the one, the only, Miss Ash Snowshoe. What is going on, Shoe-chan? And if I'm correct, PD, saying I'm not cool, I'm really hot. I'm, like, sweating. It's not even 80 yet, and I'm breaking a sweat. Mm -hmm. It kind of sucks. Well, there's oh, Texas you for you. Poor, poor thing. I am a poor thing. I came from negative ten and went to seventy. Shut mm-hmm. up. You have to adjust. You realize I'm still there, don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you realize I'm still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we're talking about Dragon Gate. We're talking about Japanese wrestling, pro wrestling, if you will. Uh, an exciting event, a big, huge, long event. Um, let's talk about you guys. Let's talk about your expectations. I'll start with Snoosh because I know JVZ had quite a bit to say, but I'll let him go after Snoosh. What expectations did you have going into this uh, event? I knew it was Japanese, <laughs> and because it's Japanese, it has its Japanese ways. Mm-hmm. Mostly the theatrics. Oh, the theatrics. The Seriously, first match. What the fuck? Uh, There's a guy who wears like a just sports to, bra thing. Just to give the listeners uh, a little bit of a primer, uh, Dragon Gate is a wrestling organization that is a little bit different from the, the standard pro wrestling organizations, New Japan, All Japan, NOAA, uh, in that they are very, very, very influenced by Mexican Lucha Libre. Uh, the original Dragon Gate promotion, Toriumon, was founded by a personal favorite of mine, Ultimo Dragon, uh, who of course made his name originally, uh, from Japan, uh, through Mexico. Uh, and he created what some people might call Lucha Resu, uh, which is the Lucha Libre influenced Japanese style that started with Toriumon and eventually inv- evolved into Dragon Gate, what we now see today. Mm-hmm. Uh, JVZ, just to go off on that, uh, with whatever you might have known about Dragon Gate, what were you expecting coming into this show? Well, um, I, I had definitely heard of Dragon Gate before and Dragon Gate USA, so I thought it was, you know, originally I thought it was really cool that, you know, you've got on, on both sides of the Pacific, you've got, you know, the same sort of promotion. But just kind of two different arms of it, and uh, you know, but that's pretty much all I heard. Um, this was really my first experience digging into um, into Japanese wrestling in general, and so um, you know I, I had certainly heard in other places that you know the um, 
that it was a bit different, a bit, a bit more athletic, um, almost like the Lucha Libre style. So, um, so I certainly, so I certainly wasn't surprised in that aspect. Um, the thing that I, that, um, that I really wanted to say before, and it's kind of a continuation of, um, something I had said on the last episode I was here, episode 25, Fat Dudes and Singlets, go back and watch that or go back and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the whole thing about, you know, wrestlers having really, really generic gimmicks. And, uh, you know, those of you on the video stream can see that I am Asian, so I'm going to exercise my right to say this, but, you know, I think certain people might be of the mindset that if you look at a bunch of Asian people in a room together, they might all seem like they look very, very similar to each other. And in this case, because Dragon Gate did such a good job of making sure that each of their characters, you know, has, you know, a different sort of flair here and there and making sure that they're not generic, um, it makes it actually somewhat easier to tell everybody apart. And I, you know, I, I kind of thought going into it that you know, there, I, it would be a little bit confusing. I don't know who these people are. This is my first time watching, but I, you know, during the match, I didn't have a lot of trouble. During the matches, I didn't have a lot of trouble following um, the, what the was action. going on or who was what. And you know, I, I was very, very happy with that. Yeah. I, I just want to take your point, JV, yeah. just to expound a little bit more. This is this goes back to the lucha influence with Dragon Gate because. In Lucha Libre, places like CMLL, AAA, uh, all of the wrestlers, well, a lot of them, a majority of them, are masked luchadors. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, in the States, being a masked luchador is pretty much a gimmick yeah. by itself. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, yeah. opposed to Mexico or other places, if you are wearing a mask, that mask is who you are as an individual. Yeah. And in Japan, uh, it, they do, uh, specifically Dragon Gate, they do a really good job of taking that lucha influence and melding it with Japan's uniqueness. Yes. <laughs> and it, it works out really well. I, I totally well, yeah. agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I actually didn't have a hard time following, like, like, who was who? The only time I had an issue was, like, eh, a few matches in. Like, it was, like, three on three on three. And I got confused about whose was on who team. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I got a little confused. Because, like, one, like every team had sort of, like, a color coordination, except yeah. one team. They're, yeah. like, they're kind of multicolor. <laughs> they have a like, name <laughs> coordination. The one team had the uh, name I, coordination. That's a little harder to Well, one of them had, like, I heart something on yeah. their butts, which yes. was kind of cute. <laughs> I will tell you, Ash, that in the case of Dragon Gate, to get teams mixed up is, it's pretty much par for the course, because uh, another unique thing about Dragon Gate, and Dragon Gate USA has has extended this, and there are factions, and there are teams. Uh, This is something that was started best uh, with All Japan Pro Wrestling in the 90s, where there were factions and teams throughout the promotion. Dragon Gate really takes that to an extreme where there are really hard set teams of three or four, sometimes more, uh, and they intersperse with one another. Uh, also, as is the case with most pro wrestling, uh, those teams change over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, heel turns, face turns, factions breaking up, factions getting together, all this kinds of stuff. And yeah, in the case of Dragon Gate, yeah, you pretty much have to be really keeping up with it best you can yeah. uh, to to follow the teams, or you can just do what I do and like specific individual wrestlers yeah. and f- follow them individually. Yeah, and of course we get we start the show off with uh showing a, a matchup between two of those teams, uh six man tag. With the millennials of Rocky Lobo, UT, and Yosuke Santa Maria, uh, taking on Jimmy's, uh, Jimmy Kagetora and Jimmy Kanda with their guest ap- appearance of, uh, Ryotsu Shimizu. Uh, 
an opening six man tag. Are those the guys tag. that I heart something? Possibly, possibly. Okay. It was the the Jimmys were the the those guys possibly, and of course the Millennials. Game? Millennials were the team with the one guy who kept adjusting himself. Uh, yeah, dude, that guy really needs to work on that sports bra. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you that since this show, his ring gear has changed. Yes, okay, okay, good. Okay. Cause Cause I, I, mean, I was concerned. Been pulling it down the whole time. I'm like, come on, you can't be doing yes, that. Yes, it, it was. It was something that was noticed and has been updated. Yes, <laughs> he kept having to adjust the, the 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 gals. Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, what can you say about uh, you know, this opening contest, DJM? Uh, to kind of preface it. Well, I think that in the case of the millennials, uh, they have a really cool gimmick. Uh, if you saw in the opening promos and the video sequences of this pay-per-view, uh, their gimmick is that they are a team or a faction, all of wrestlers that were born after the year 1990. <laughs> if you were born the, before the year 1990, you are their enemy. Yes. Really? Yeah. These guys were born after 1990. They do not look that Young, young. They're, 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 they're young, they're young, uh, young cubs, young lions. Uh, if you will. I think That's the muscles make company. them look older. Long company, PD. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting withdrawals. I'm getting excited. I'm getting the itchy feeling now that, you know, we're getting, we're gearing up. Uh, but yeah. No, uh, no, we're, we're talking New Japan here. So. It's, it's... No, we're talking Dragon Gate. <laughs> uh, so I'll go with, uh, uh, JVZ. I'll go with JVZ. What, what did you think of the opening contest? Uh, well. I think it was it was a very very exciting contest to kick off the show, and you guys have brought me on a lot of shows, and by far, you know, this was the the most by by far this was the most athletically gifted um, contest uh, across the board. Um, it, you know, all these guys are flying around the ring really really well, and uh, um, it, you know, just and, and on top of that, the the teamwork between all the teams. You know, there are a lot of there are a lot of moves where, you know, two of the guys would, would hold, hold, uh, you know, their opponent and then the third guy would attack, um, you know, with, with a, a high flying move or, you know, it just a lot of team attacks. It made, you know, a lot it, of good it definitely work and coordination, uh, among the teams. Yeah. I, yeah. I really think that this match as an opener is a really good primer into what the Dragon Gate style uh, is really all about. It gave me, a little bit of a reminder of those early uh, matches between Dragon Gate and Ring of Honor uh, from the mid-2000s, the V Dragon Gate Challenge shows, uh, which eventually would give birth to Dragon Gate USA. Uh, I think these kinds of matches, the the trios tag team matches, are, are a great way to introduce people to Dragon Gate USA. This one was not completely off the charts crazy, but it was a very good opening match. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ash, what did you think of the opening contest? Did it introduce you well? Uh, yeah, I think it got me into what I was going to get uh, look forward to. Because <laughs> it was like, oh, it's one of those. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was hoping it wasn't going to be super serious because super serious gets kind of boring after a while. Like, whatever. So, yeah, we I know. know it was a lot we of great moves. Like, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not like I'm not big on wrestling as I think I previously stated uh-huh. in whatever episode I was in last time. Uh-huh. Um, insert number here. Yeah. Um, but I, like I, I still watch, <laughs> and like all the moves were actually really impressive. Yeah. Like, there were some surprise ones. Yeah, this is um, really fun. I also had a weird moment where I'm like, I really want to watch Hentai Comet. <laughs> uh, or, or not watch, I want to read it. Hentai Common is a superhero who wears underwear over his head. <laughs> it's really, it's really funny. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let David, uh, inform, uh, take, uh, I'll take David's mm-hmm. word for you. Suffice to say, when we do an episode on DDT, Ash is going to be on. Yes. <laughs> when we revisit, yeah, when we revisit because DDT. Everything you just said, Ash, everything you just said, DDT has plenty of it. Oh yeah. Oh, we will be back to DDT because uh, that is a fantastic promotion, and Ash will be. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like the whole match was actually really entertaining. Like I didn't, like I, I was kind of trying to do other stuff and using one. Like eh, I watched it. It was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed all the little gimmicks here and there that I tried to understand. Yeah. That I couldn't because it 
You got, you got to, you got, you got exposed to Yosuke Santa Maria, which is a, a, a unique individual onto, onto himself, uh, yes. <laughs> to say the least. Uh, but yeah, that gave way to another match involving the number three, the three way dance. Uh, some interesting individuals. We had, uh, Baten, Baten Tamagawa, uh, Don Fuji, and, uh, none other than the inimitable Stalker Ichikawa. Uh, DJM, tell us about Stalker Ichikawa. <laughs> oh, this match. Do I have to? <laughs> I'd much rather talk about Don Fuji. Alright, I'll talk about Don Fuji a little bit. Don Fuji is awesome. He, he is sort of making his way into the role of being the, the grumpy old veteran of Dragon Gate. <laughs> uh, he throws a pretty great German suplex, and right now, from what I can tell, his gimmick is being unceremoniously being put in comedy matches yes. and just beating up whoever ends up in the match with him. Yeah. He's been doing that for the last year or so off and on now. And it, usually Stalker Ichikawa is involved. Yes. And this is pretty much what you what you would expect. Yeah. It was, it now was Stalker a, Ichikawa was the weird guy, right? Like, it was it was, was the bug guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes a, sense. What what did you think of this little contest? I mean, it wasn't much of a match, but it was kind of an interesting match, huh? I'm like, I was like, wow, that ended really quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I enjoyed of, the. That's why I enjoyed Don Fuji. He was just like, you know what? Fuck this noise. <laughs> I I enjoyed all the fanfare at the beginning, like the American guy. Yes. <laughs> Whatever the fuck his name. Batsun Tamagawa. Like, yeah. I'm like, wow, this is great. Those, um, those, those oh, kind wait, of better offense they... out of his butt, uh, aimed at his butthole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they what, they introed him with Flight of the Bumblebee, or is that the other guy? I think that was Stalker Ichikawa, I'm going to assume. Okay. I'm I don't know what they assume. introed him with. But yeah. Because the sound kind of cut out for him. Yeah. Um, oh, no, yeah, no. The, the, the sound is, cut that out. That is one thing I forgot to mention a lot of times with uh, Japanese promotions. Japan is a little weird on its music and copyright and all that, so sometimes music does get out. This was over a pay-per-view, and it did have a live stream, so yeah, sometimes music would get cut out. Yes. Yeah. It only happened like once, like yeah. once or twice. So it yeah, because most of the other stuff is stuff that they have made in-house, so pretty much all the other stuff is stuff they made in-house or stuff they have rights to, so I think it was just that one theme that was that played great live, I imagine, and it was an enjoyable theme specific to that character, but they don't quite have the rights to, you know? <laughs> you know so they they probably get in trouble if they played it. Uh, JVZ, what, what, what do you think of those little fun contests? Um... I honestly don't have a lot to say because I just realized I don't have any notes for this. <laughs> um, and maybe that speaks to how short the match was. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think one well, thing that I, that I actually noticed through, throughout all these matches is, is it seems like some guys in the previous matches are kind of just hanging ar- out around ringside. That's yeah. part of the, the Dragon Gate faction things that. Yeah. If you're Dragon ever... Gate is super, super, super loose on rules and interference and all of that. Yeah. It, it's pretty much non-existent. So, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And it was, it was just kind of a short match. Of course, we had people on ringside. And of course, Don Fuji doing his Don Fuji thing and Stalker Ichikawa doing his Stalker Ichikawa Petey? thing. <laughs> it's all right. We can move on to the next yes. one. Uh, and of course, we move on to the next, to a, another six man tag match. Uh, another pair of, uh, seminal, uh, factions. Uh, we are team veteran taking on Mad, Mad Branky. Uh, Mad Branky! Yes! Uh, Mad Branky, uh, Cyber Kong, uh, Kazai, <laughs> and Monday, uh, Ryu. Uh, we are team veteran, uh, made up of Gamma, Kness, and Super Shisa. Uh, six rank tag contest, a lot of really cool, crazy guys. Taking on, uh, taking each other on. What can we say about, uh, these groups and maybe this match to preface? I will say that this was probably the first match of the show that had, aside from the Jimmies, uh, a couple of talents that I really, really enjoy. Uh, one of them being Cyber Kong. Cyber Kong is an absolute beast. He's amazing. And I was really looking forward to this. Yes. Uh, it was a little Which one was that one? But over, but overall, I liked it. 
Which one was that one? Cyber, Cyber Kong is the big dude with the paint over his abs. Yes. Paint over his abs. Okay. Yes. The mm-hmm. dude with the what and the had the paint on his abs and whatnot. Uh, so, uh, Ash, uh, besides not knowing the, that particular guy's, uh, identity, uh, what impression did that match, uh, leave upon you? I thought it was kind of funny. It was like gang versus gang. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was like biker gang versus, uh, just walk around gang. Like, I can't remember all the Japanese gang styles. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else? I have notes. Notes? Oh, there's a guy who's like, yes, you have notes. Um, I I did find it very amusing that they're called Mad Ranky. Yes, Mad Ranky is a is a. Well, fun... because it was in English and I can. Dragonate is wonderful. Has a history of wonderfully hilarious English faction names. Yes. Uh, my, my personal favorite being Blood Generation. Yes. Uh, and, and Mad Blanky. Mad Blanky. <laughs> More like wet blanket. Oh. Yeah. oh. Um, I, I, okay, so the guy you're talking about is who I call the tank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they yeah. Can... <laughs> that, that's definitely Cybercon. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, who can defeat the, who's gonna defeat the tank? <laughs> who shall defeat the tank? Like, like, it took like three of them to take him down, I think. Um, It'll take all your Cyberkais or whatever thing, reference, narrative uh, reference that I don't know. There was the guy who wore the white mask and the white pants, whose name I obviously did not know. Um, I actually thought he was like, man, that guy's really flexible. I thought he was kind of like a gymnast at some point in his life, because he had some really interesting moves. Sounds like you might be talking about Super Shisa. Super Shisa. Possibly. Yeah, there's some some flexible uh, athletic dudes on both sides of the ring in this match. Here's something about Dragon Gate, P.E. That, that I always enjoy telling people. A lot of the guys in Dragon Gate have been doing this for a while now. Dragon Gate has been around mm-hmm. since 1997. Yeah. Dragon Gate has been around for a long time now. And a lot of these guys have been working this style for coming up on 15 years or more. Yeah. So... Yeah, a, a guy like Super Super Shisa, Dragon Kid, who we'll see later. Yeah, these guys are just ridiculously athletic. Yeah, uh, so, you know, as you can tell, they are a team veteran. Uh, they they are definitely the guys that have been around forever. <laughs> Except for Gamma. Gamma is uh, uh, he has his good and bad days. Yeah, uh, Jerry, what what did you think of this uh, this contest? Uh, I. I Mostly from what I can remember, this is another one of those matches where, you know, definitely a lot of faction involvement again with, uh, with, uh, Mad Blanky. And, uh, I, I think this is the first one where I kind of noticed that, you know, the refs here are completely ineffective. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like there, there's people. Like they're another side try, show. Yeah. There, there's people trying to run into the ring from the outside that are being held. By people from the other faction, there's, you know, I think at one point, maybe it was, I, I think, uh, at one point there's a like train in, in of the moves, States. just random, random people. They just, at some point, they just like have, uh, just the rest of the people, uh, in the faction just do a train of moves on them in front of the referee's eyes and it just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in, in a way, you kind of have to, um, you kind of have to just let that go. And, yeah. And, uh, and then if you do, then, you know, everything is all better. Yeah. It's just a, a fantastic action. A little loose uh, appreciation of the rules, but, uh, if you yeah. are, if you're a stickler of the rules, uh, you're taking this too seriously. I'm sorry. And Dragon, Dragon Gate will probably make your head explode if it hasn't already. Yeah. Good thing I didn't know the rules. Yeah. But uh, moving on to the next match, we're going to bring mm-hmm. it down a little and keep things a bit more traditional. This uh-huh. was a Open the Brave Gate Championship match, which is the, I suppose you could call the Intercontinental yeah, the, slash the, Junior Heavyweight title yeah. of Dragon Gate, in which a personal favorite of mine, Genki Horiguchi of the Jimmies, yes. also known as H.A. Jimmy, took on one that, of the... That was an amusing name. Yes. Uh, younger talents of Dragon Gate, uh, Shiba, 
uh, and I'll talk about him a little bit more in depth in a second. Uh, just because I want, I think I feel like I should explain Genki Horiguchi. Cause yes. <laughs> he, he is, there may be no one else in Dragon Gate with as much character depth as Genki Horiguchi, <laughs> and I love him. Uh, one, one, there is a chant for him. Yes. Uh, H-A-G-E. Uh, which is, if memory serves me correctly, the Japanese word for bald. <laughs> yes. And it's a kind of making fun of, kind of self-deprecating way that Genki Horiguchi makes fun of his receding hairline, which of course I can relate to. Uh, also, he joined the Jimmies. Yes. And yes. <laughs> he's taken that shit and turned his name into H-A-G-Me. Yes. And now he's part of the Jimmies. Yes. Because Jimmy. Because why not? Uh, and of course you have Shiba on the because other end. <laughs> of course you have Shiba on the other end. Uh, Shiba is, I would say, probably the, the future up and comer right now of Dragon Gate, uh, in this match. And for a little while he has been a replicant of Shima, who for a lot of wrestling fans, would be the face of Dragon Gate. He mm-hmm. has been the li- the liaison to Dragon Gate USA. He's usually the first talent from Dragon Gate that people think of. He's the one that gets booked on the shows for bigger promotions. I don't want to say larger, but the the Tokyo-based promotions as Dragon Gate is based out of Kobe. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he's kind of the... I guess you could say he's... He's, for the longest time, has been kind of the ace of Dragon Gate, but in recent years, he's been picking up injuries, and now a young guy has come along, and he has been dubbed Shiba. So, he's one to keep an eye on. Yes. Um, I'll go with uh, Jerry. What did you think of of this contest? Um, This was another excellent match, and a bit of a change since, you know, this was just a singles match this time, but... um, but even then, you know, both these guys kind of flew around the ring. And I think, you know, having just those two in the ring allowed them both to get a little bit more, um, a little bit more violent with the attacks. You know, there was a, um, I think, I think it ended with, uh, I think, was it three stomps off the top turnbuckle? And, Somewhere uh, along those lines, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it definitely, Definitely looked, it definitely gave the impression that these guys definitely cared about this title, um, this, this open the brave gate title. And, uh, um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's so they a, got into it. I got into it. You know, yeah. It was, it was, it was definitely fun to watch. Yeah. There's definitely some like mad energy, especially from uh, Genki Horiguchi. He has, he has this oddball energy and Shiba's a young, uh, you know, young whippersnapper with some, you know, all balled up energy and, uh, you know, Dragon Gate really does a good job of having a lot of prestige in their titles. Like, uh, even, you know, you know their main title, the Open the uh, Dream Gate, you know, that has its, uh, pomp and circumstance and prestige. Every, even the, considering all the titles that they have, you know, tag team titles and trios titles, a, you know, a, a, a primary, a secondary, a comedy title, it, there's still a sense of prestige even with each title. Yeah. At least if, from what I gather, I, I imagine, I don't know how you feel, DJ, but I, I, I get that feeling that each title has its own prestige. Uh, and I think we can move into the next match, which was a, another title match, the mm. Open the Triangle Gate Championship match, microphone, uh, which is the, the Trios Championship match. Uh, this was between uh, three teams all competing for the trio's title, appropriately enough. Uh, another segment of We Are Team Veteran, the previously mentioned Shima, uh, Dragon Kid, and Masaki Mochizuki, who is awesome as well. Dragon Kid, too. Uh, I really like this team, uh, in We Are Team Veteran. Uh, taking on the Millennials, uh, Eita, Flamita, and T-Hawk, uh, taking on more of the Jimmies. More Jimmies. Uh, Jimmy Mm-hmm. Uh, the former Susumu Yokosuka, uh, QQ Naoki Tanizaki, and, uh, Tayonaka Dolphin. Dolphin, Dolphin. 
and uh, another favorite of mine, Rio Saito, aka Rio Jimmy Saito. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ash, suffice to say, this match, elimination style, trios match, was pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, what did you was. think of it? It was like this was the match that got me confused about who was who on yeah. whose side. Uh, I think that this is Dragon Gate at its absolute craziness. But I actually was minorly disappointed. I was thinking more chaos. Uh, there wasn't as much. It was a little bit more organized or mm, tame, uh, I could say. I will tell you, this is probably because of Team Veteran, uh, specifically Mochizuki and Shima. Uh, Mochizuki isn't the most high-flying lucha type guy. He's kind of more of a ground-based... Traditionalist? Uh, no, he's more of a kicker and striker type of guy. And Shima, he's dealt with some neck injuries in recent times. So he's he's not quite what he used to be. And he said, like, most recently, in the most recent... His most recent run as Open the Brave Gate champion, that it will more than likely be his last run as champion. Sema is getting close to the age of 40, so he might be nearing the end of his career. So if this had some other guys, it probably would have been a lot crazier. But I think overall it was still pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh wait, okay, I'm looking at my notes. This one was um, one of I the... I know that uh, during the intermission of this show, or it might have been another one that I watched, uh, there was a little video piece on Shima specifically. Petey, did you see this? Um, I don't... I, I, I don't believe I, I... If I did, I don't remember seeing it. Okay, I watched some been, of it. Okay, you did. Alright, so... I, mean, I, I, like, I, I couldn't understand a lot of it. I think it was yeah. just him going to the doctor recovering for his yeah. injury. Yeah, that's, that's kind of been his storyline, because in the early part of 2013, uh, he was the Open the Dream Gate champion. And the story was is that there needs to be somebody that needs to step up and become the next ace of Dragon Gate yeah. before Shima can really kind of step down. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't really come along all the way yet. I'm not going to say any spoilers for any future Dragon Gate title changes, but um, there's a chance they may have found him. Yeah. But uh, right now, uh, this match in particular, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was not everything that I ex- that I like from Dragon Gate, but I thought it was pretty good. There was uh, one. There was one part that was really funny. Um, most some of the matches ended up going out of the ring previously. This one is like everyone's just like, oh, you're out of the ga- out of the ring. I'm gonna go out the door. <laughs> oh, you're out of the ring. I'm gonna go out there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me join you. Dive the plane. <laughs> And, and then at one, and then at one point, uh, it was kind of the exact opposite, where everybody ran into the ring for, for a single suplex. Yes. <laughs> and kind of all crammed together. I'm, I'm sure there including, were including members involved. that weren't in the match at, at all. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And, and yeah, that that definitely plays into the whole faction thing. And yeah. uh, um, uh, the, the one thing that did disappoint me about that spot a little bit was that you know the, uh, this big, big devastating move and then all and then everybody kind of just got back up and, yeah. <laughs> and kept going <laughs> yeah uh well everybody had to clear out yeah <laughs> yeah yeah another Dragon interesting it operates at hyperspeed yeah yes yeah, uh, and that was definitely in fast forward yeah yes that was something that kind of took away from the show a little bit for me because uh you know every all the moves they do are you know, they're, they're just incredible, but in a way, they're also, the transitions between all of them are kind of unpolished because they're, it seems so procedural, go from this move to this move to this move to this move to this move. And, you know, it all looks beautiful, but if you look a little bit closer, it's almost a little bit too step by step and not that, as that's natural as day very, by day. That's very, that's very much part of the Lucha Libre style. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, also with, uh, the Japanese influence with yeah. uh, the fighting spirit and the, the getting right back up after yeah. something <laughs> yeah, really yeah. devastating. Yeah, uh, that 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 happens a lot in Dragon Gate, and if you're a Dragon Gate fan, you accept it and you let it slide. 
But yeah. to the uninitiated, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely get what you're saying. And also another cool thing is that uh, in this match, we also revisited a friend uh, that we talked about before when we talked about, I think, we our WrestleCon episode we mentioned it, and, and believe in our uh, – and a couple of other ones. Uh, t- uh, T-Hawk, a.k.a. Tomahawk TT, a.k.a. Uh, Mr. PP, and we had mentioned the Mr. PP chant that happened at WrestleCon, and I was actually able to research the actual machinations of what happened there. So he is Tamahawk TT. Uh, he at some point took over the name of Naoki Tanazaki from the one we know as Mr. Kiku Naoki Tanazaki. They had fought for that, ta- that name, uh, and Tamahawk won, you know, staying to Naoki Tanazaki, and he was able to name uh, the original Naoki Tanazaki anytime he want anything he wanted, so he named him Mr. QQ Tanazaki Dolphin, Tanazaka Dolphin. Uh, and then this is it, way too much over being named after a Street Fighter character. I'm sorry. Yes, Mr. So, QQ uh, Tanazaki Tanazaka Dolphin, and then uh, it, the tables got turned. Tamahawk TT lost another match. Mr. P- Mr. QQ now was able to name him, and he was named, uh, let me get this, Mr. PP Tomakomai Penguin. <laughs> and this, thus, Mr. PP. Yes. And they were all in a movie with Kevin Bacon. Yes, exactly. Moving on to <laughs> the Bacon. next match. The Open the Twin Gate Tag Team Championship match. We yes. saw Monster Express. Uh, taking on Mad Branky. Uh, th- this match has four of Dragon Gate's top guys. Uh, the yes. Monster Express, uh, consisting of the awesome Shingo Takagi and his awesome, awesome ring jacket. Yes. Uh, every American indie wrestling fan's favorite Dragon Gate wrestler, Akira Tozawa. Mm-hmm. Akira Tozawa. Uh, and Mad Blanky's faction of Naruki Doi, who TNA and Ring of Honor fans may remember, uh, taking on who arguably uh, could be the top heel in Dragon Gate, Yamato. Yamato. Uh, this match was for the Tag Team Championship. Uh, JV, what did you think of this one? Uh, you probably got that Yamato and Naruki Doi were definitely heels because Yamato is a heel, heel, heel. Yeah. Uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't happen a lot in Japan where, where guys are just total total assholes, but Yamato well, is one of them. See, the thing is, I almost... Oh, yeah, okay, so I'm, I'm getting the names mixed up, but yes, yeah, Yamato was definitely... I, I just looked him up on Google Images, and yes, he he definitely was playing the total hero. That was very... That was made very, very clear throughout the match, um, and uh, it... I, th- I think this was... Definitely, I, I think the build-up little video sequence to the match definitely played up the importance of of this match and how how big these guys were as a part of the Dragon Gate promotion. Um, you, you definitely got that impression from from just that introduction and uh, and uh, I, I think the way they um, the way the match played out, I, I think it kind of, it definitely delivered. It, it was a nice, it was a, it was a little bit of a slower match compared to. Some of the other high flying matches from earlier, um, not that much slower, but, uh, just slightly slower. And, uh, but I think it was, it was a good change of pace because now you've got a bunch of heavy hitters going up against each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, JV and Petey, I want to ask you this one. Uh, this, these had four guys that, uh, if you're at least a little bit familiar with, uh, indie wrestling at all, four guys that, uh, you might recognize from Dragon mm-hmm. Gate, Akira Tozawa especially. Uh-huh. Uh, PD, I know you, but uh, JV, were you familiar with any of the guys beforehand in this match at all? Um, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, like Shingo. I, I, for a while yeah, I think in Ring of Honor. I think I had seen Shingo before, but. Um, and Akira Tozawa was in PWG for a while. And mm-hmm. he was actually working in the promotions based out of Texas yeah. for a little while. So yeah. he he really developed a fan following uh, in the states. And yeah. as of right now, it's looking like he's the the general consensus as the heir apparent to Shima yeah. when the time comes. Yeah, he, he's a fantastic so guy. He'll be, he'll be one to keep. I think, honestly, in my opinion, when it comes to Dragon Gate, he might be the guy. 
yeah, he, he's he's just a fantastic guy, and like I said before, he does a lot of really cool little things right, and like just the way he sets up his running, <laughs> like I, I did my whole thing about like just that little hop that he does right before runs is just that little thing that I th- I think is really cool, and he just does a lot of things really crisply and and does things a lot of really well uh, that uh, I think will translate to bigger things and yeah he's definitely the guy uh ash did you have any impressions on this match oh not not so much i mean it was just i mean it felt more intense i still felt like there was some kind of acting going on here and there like you know the the play up or whatever you want to call it otherwise it was just i like i'm trying to remember also i didn't take a lot of notes on that one yeah. It was impressive, just nothing worth mentioning, I guess. Yeah. Also, it was the first time I realized, like, hey, I was right. That guy is a wrestler. Yes. <laughs> yes. Akira <laughs> Tozawa yeah, was, is, in fact, a wrestler. Because <laughs> yeah. he was in the opening with his yellow monster sweatshirt. And or, he, or he does cop. And he does commentary occasionally as well. Yes. Something else he adopted from the indies in the U.S. Where okay. wrestlers will occasionally do commentary. Oh yeah, you know, d- despite his 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 uh, his very accommodating and welcoming smile that you could see in the beginning, he is in <laughs> fact a very mean, tough wrestler. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, now we get to the main event. Uh, no, not the haiku review because you're not listening to Record Breakers. You're listening to the Fanny Pack. The main event of the evening. Uh, the Open the Dream Gate title match, and like I said before, the Futuring. Tarpa, a couple My of times, two yeah. favorite wrestlers in the Dragon Gate promotion. Yes. So I was pretty hyped for this. Yes. Uh, Masato Yoshino, the fastest wrestler on the planet, uh, one half of the speed muscle tag team that totally came out of nowhere and was crazy awesome in TNA for just a little short amount of time. Uh, Masato Yoshino is the speed, uh, Naruki Doi being the muscle, mm-hmm. uh, the current Open the Dream Gate champion, Taking on my absolute favorite wrestler in Dragon Gate history, BB Hulk. Mm-hmm. Petey, this match had me so hyped. Yeah, uh, this 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 match had a lot of hype on it, and like I said uh, previously about the Open the Brave Gate goes uh, especially so for this the Open the Dream Dream Gate. Uh, it's a unique title. It's a very cool title. Uh, a couple of cool things, just the fact that uh, contenders get a key. To op to literally open the dream gate, uh, upon winning said title, uh, this did the, the title, uh, spoiler, the title didn't change hands, so you guys didn't get to see it, but, uh, the contender gets a, uh, a key, and if he wins, he op- gets to open the gate, put his name inside said gate, and close it, and become the champion. Uh, of course, what did happen was the champion won, and retrieved said contender's key and put it on uh, his belt as a trophy. So it's like one of those really cool, unique things that puts a lot of uh, pomp and circumstance and prestige into the title. And I think Dragon Gate really does it well. Um, Jay, uh, I guess I'll start with Ash. Ash, did you get a feeling of, of that uh, in this match? Um, yeah. Like, it felt like it was sort of like a grudge match, kind of. It's like... Yeah, look at all those keys. Yeah, get the other one. <laughs> uh, in, in some ways it was, because BB Hulk is the leader of Mad Blanky. Yes. Mm. Yes. That would be why he looks like he dresses like the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, he, he is the leader of Mad Blanky. Also, like, I liked his look, previous looks. This one with the black hair, I was just like, man, you do not look healthy. <laughs> <laughs> that was his heel turn. That, yes. That, that, yeah, that I want him with the other hair. Yes. The other hair looks yes. way better. You're like and you're having an opposite feeling like too, with with uh, Kaz and uh, Lapraceo. Yeah. He needs he's to go pale. tan like the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now you sound now you sound like the, the powers that be at the at, at up up north. <laughs> you gotta get some what color in you. You're too pale. I'm already pale. I'm gonna be pale. I'm gonna sunburn when I by the time I get outside. Uh it'll be fun. Uh uh, so, Jerry, what impressions did you get of this main event title match? Okay, again, call back to previous episodes, but, you know, all those complaints I had before about production values and, uh, um, just, and, which are very, very important for people that are new to the promotion, I think, you know, I think it holds 
true in the opposite sense. These the the video package before yeah before I, this I match. Never got, I've said this on previous episodes yeah. before. I love Dragon Gate's production yeah. uh, on yeah. the pay per view level. They are my absolute favorite promotion in the world for this. And and, yeah, and so. it's funny because you get the you get the sense of the story of the match without even speaking the language, and that's the beauty right, of the production, exactly. really. And, and uh, you know, DJM was hyped for these guys because these are his favorite wrestlers. I was hyped because that video package got me hyped, and you know, they put the little Skyrim heavy metal music behind <laughs> yes. it. And, yeah, agreed. And that was cool too. But um, you know, it, it kind of told the story of you know how you know the last couple matches between these guys ended and uh you know where this whole feud started and uh um yeah and without knowing the language you could you could kind of see how this is all playing out how these guys started hating each other and uh and you know how you know this is a big match now and uh and so uh, again you know like all the other title matches this match seemed important but very 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 important compared to the rest of those as it should and uh it is it is in fact the main title and it and you got the feeling even especially with the the pomp and circumstances around the title uh that was that translated well uh to somebody who's uninitiated like basically uh, i will yeah. say that this is the only match and really, only Japan does this, where the national anthem is played before the main event. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I noticed that. That's, That's like, something I've always enjoyed about about Japan that they do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it kind of yeah. felt like, oh yeah, it'd be like us doing the Star Spangled Banner, whatever. Like, before, like before the World Series, you know, the Star Spangled Banner. You yeah. Know. Yeah, and and I I mean I, I like it when WWE does this for their title matches. For for their main title match, where they'll stop at the beginning, they'll introduce one wrestler, introduce the other, but you know they they have their ring entrances and stuff, but they take a second to pause before then to let and you know to let the referee show off the title and let it all soak in, and uh, you know they kind of do that with all these matches where they have uh, you know they they read from the little slip of paper and then have everybody take pictures. Before yeah. the match, and, uh, and, and so that was a little bit more, uh, a little bit more pomp than I was expecting, but in the case of the last match here, that, that's definitely something that I would expect to see, and definitely something that adds yeah. to, to, uh, to the so, whole yeah. mystique. So, so you dug the pomp, what'd you think of the circumstance? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, you know, just like the rest of the show, I, I enjoyed the match these guys you know definitely put forth uh, a a good match if anything i was kind of burned out from the rest of the show um but uh you know it, i think you know uh, it seems like it was a fitting end to a somewhat fitting end because the finish wasn't the cleanest finish but um i almost felt like it took too long <laughs> Uh, well, it was kind of an, yeah, an epic match. Yeah, it, it took about twenty five minutes long, but yeah, it was a pretty epic match. Yeah, um, yeah, and it, you know, as a somewhat of a stickler for the rules, you know, the referee distraction got to me a little bit because in this case, the referee was actually being choked out by. It gets, it gets a little bit into the TNA territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the title matches, which is totally understandable. I, I still I thought it was that. part of the act things, like they, like the story of the grunt into like the yeah. Being like you know, being, the being, they're not gonna let the title match end on a disqualification. This matters right. too much. <laughs> yeah, and and I think it had had I heard the announcers. Or had I understood the announcers, they might have been saying something to that extent. Could and, be, uh, and then that that would have been easier for me to just to JV. Just it. just imagine any TNA title match. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. that's pretty much what yeah. what was going on. Yeah. Just imagine that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and 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 it was yeah, it was a prestigious uh, title match that I think had all that you would expect from two of the top guys of uh, Dragon Gate, you know, a little bit of the high flying, a yeah. little bit of the hard hitting, just fantastic mm-hmm. athleticism, fantastic wrestling. Uh, I think yeah, a and, fantastic and, and, capper to the show. Yeah. And all the complaints that I had, you know, about some of the stuff earlier in the show where, you know, the, this, where, you know, the transitions are a little bit unpolished between all the different moves. I, I think all that 
kind of slowly gets cleaned up as you get further and further along in the show. And, yeah. and in this match, you know, everything was, like you tell these guys have, have been around for a while and definitely yeah. know exactly what they're doing out there. And, these guys have definitely been around for a while. Definitely BB Hulk has been around for a while. Cause that's a name I've known for a while, uh, for a while. I love him so much. Yeah. I love him. He's uh, amazing. Yeah. So, uh, and, and that was the main I event. I nearly actually got to see him live once at an ROH show in Chicago. Nearly? Nearly. Yeah. nearly. Uh, I'm so, I'm so grateful I, I got to see Akira and Shingo live. Like that was just a fantastic. I've talked about it before, but that was just a fantastic experience just to see them in person, not but like a few feet away from me beating the ever loving shit out of each other. Uh-huh. Oh, dude, drag, seeing the Dragon Gate guys live is, it's it totally lives up to the hype. Just yeah. seeing what they do live, it's it's mind blowing. Yeah, it makes me wanna uh, makes me wanna slap together a trip to New Orleans last minute, uh if I didn't know any better. <laughs> uh, you're already spending enough money as it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Jeez. I know. I know. I gotta be responsible. No, I, I guess I have to ask, are are the Dragon Gate USA shows a little bit more like are the I, I guess I haven't seen any of those. Are, are the crowds a little bit more into it than it seems like the, the yeah, Japanese the, crowds were? The, the, the that, crowds that's are normal with Japanese crowds in general. That, yeah, that's yeah. just how Japanese crowds are. They right, yeah, yeah. they sit and they watch, uh, and they only really get into it for the really exciting moments. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a lot yeah, of, is, like, trying to bring up the crowd a yeah. couple matches back. Yeah, that's... That's just the Japanese wrestling crowd. Yeah, and there, there's a lot of respectful clapping. The U.S. Yeah. Uh, with the U.S., it's all... Yeah, and making up chance. I kind of like not freaking out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although, with guys that come over, they really enjoy that. They, they, yeah. re- they really enjoy that, that crowd reaction. Oh, yeah. Kiro Tozawa so definitely dug it, yeah. <laughs> when he, when well, it makes them crazy. feel like they're... they're being entertaining, you know, like yeah. that—that's how that's how it's they something face new. It's like they have a—it's a new experience, and it's really cool. Like, okay, th- there's some a different energy uh, here than say back home. Not that they don't appreciate their fans' home, but they enjoy the different energy that they uh, receive yeah. in the U.S. Uh, in a different way, and it's fresh for them. And it's really cool. And they, uh, they also look- one one other thing about the Dragon Gate USA shows is that uh, you'll see not as many of the Dragon Gate Prime talents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see like some of the main eventers, but uh, Gabe Sapolsky has implemented a lot of the popular guys from the U.S. indie scene as well. And some it- who have gone over to Japan, uh, some who have go to both, like Ricochet. And we're spoilers. Keep it spoiler free with Ricochet. Uh, but th- there is definitely a crossover between the two. Uh, there, there are, it's like you said, JV, there are, there are two arms of the same promotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, just to wrap it up, guys, overall, uh, Dragon Gate Final Gate, what did you guys think? I guess, uh, JV? JV? This is the best show you guys have had me watch. Um, and, uh, I told you I, we'd make it up to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it made it made you. up for it. Uh, it definitely made up for it. So I'm definitely happy that I got a chance to watch watch this. Uh, uh, it it you know when you when you guys talk about indie wrestling, some of the other shows that I that I was on kind of got to explore you know some a little bit of how how a little bit of the criticisms that often get leveled towards it and uh and a show like this kind of highlights you know a, a lot of you know the amazing things that you can see in indie wrestling and, and pd uh, yeah this is exactly why we're doing the awesome series yes uh That's yes exactly just to, to to spread the uh, good cuz i think uh as much as i am uh, we're going to do the awesome series and it's going to be good to explore the best uh because as much as yeah, as much as I've enjoyed basically putting a referendum on a lot of uh, different organizations and showing the full spectrum, I think a good dip into the awesome pool will do us some good. I think uh, 
It, it, nothing but good could come from that. <laughs> uh, Ash, uh, I wanted you to be on this show for Dragon Gate because you were a little bit more savvy on Japan. Uh, what did you think of this, knowing your understanding of Japan and Japanese culture and all of that? And um, what did you think of Dragon Gate in general, of what you saw? Overall, I enjoyed it. Like, I like a little bit more... Uh, I don't want to say violence. A little bit. I like a little bit more action when I kind of watch wrestling because, like, I don't like watching all of the. So we need to show her big action. Japan. We need to show her big Japan. <laughs> nah, I don't. I don't. No, not big Japan. Big Japan might be too much. <laughs> I mean, it was sort of. This was sort of in my wheelhouse, though, because it. It. I. I. I watch a lot of like J dramas and. I'm thinking like, whole bunch I'm of stuff. So it was sort of in my wheelhouse of weirdness. I want to see what Wrestle One does, Petey. Okay. If we do a Wrestle One show, we might bring Ash on. Yes, that being. Is it going to break me? Am I going to go? I'm. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> gauging. I'm just gauging what you're saying, and I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I've got the right one for you, and I think it's Wrestle One. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm, not, like, as you I'm saying, not real big on like the words. Like I just know Half Nelson, and that's about it. <laughs> that's all. You but like want. a lot of it's just my enjoyment. It's like, oh yeah, that was really good. Oh yeah, that leg grab was really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've I, always and yeah. I, and that's okay because I think one of the biggest parts of this show that I've always wanted is I wanted this uh this whole spectrum, and I wanted it in it in front of people that weren't too smart for themselves if they weren't too deep into the you know that that didn't think they know things i wanted people that were fresh and were you know casual fans if you want to call it but that weren't were unassuming and were just in it to uh, just experience something new and i wanted a new perspective on things and i thought and the reason we're doing the the awesome series is while pd's idea of bringing people in easy is a great mindset for a fanning pack uh djm is ready to blow people's minds yes. <laughs> and that's why with the awesome series i'm bringing the best wrestling shows i can find yes and we we we're gonna you all yeah, can look forward to get to that uh the awesome series but of course uh that brings us to the end of this fine episode of the fanny pack wrestling podcast uh if you want to follow these uh beautiful people uh you can follow jvz at uh, get at this, J-V-Z, uh, J-V-E-E-Z-Y on the Twitter and all of the, I imagine other places as well. Uh, you can also find this lovely thing at Snowshoe, Snow, S-C-H-U. Um, no, you, Oh, Archshoe, Archshoe, Archshoe. Archshoe. You know what? If you can no, use that, that dick blog to give me a snowshoe, well, yes. that'd be great. Yeah, screw that guy. She's art. Whatever. Shoe. You can find me as, as snowshoe on Twitter. It'll you can Google her. Art shoe. Uh, I'll put things on, I'll put proper captions when I actually edit this video. But, uh, but, uh, for those listening, it's art. S-C-H-U. Art shoe. Uh, DJM, what is going on at the Delta Junior Mike headquarters? At the media complex. Well, I'm not going to spend too much time plugging everything that I'm doing, but a new episode of Downtime just came up, and uh, mm-hmm. I will be at ShootoCon in East Lansing doing a, a little panel of some sort. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Go visit him. Yes. Go ahead and do that. At DeltaJulianMike.com. Of course, you can follow him at Just Call Me DJM on the Twitters. Uh, I'm at PD Ray. PD. Yes. I was just going to say, you don't have to plug everything that I do. I just yes, said I that. Just, uh, uh, all right, I'm PD Ray. PD is in Willis, Ray is in Jimmy, all in one word. Uh, you can follow the show at FannyPackWP. The show, uh, all the episodes at FannyPackWrestling.com. Uh, Rebelli.net for all the other shows, including Juku and Record Breakers. Uh, follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, all over the place. Uh, until next time, hasta los huevos. Hit that outro music, okay? I don't have a catchphrase. I, I still don't have a catchphrase. <laughs>